0: Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. So, explain this to me. How does our child, who's in swimming, still get so dirty that it looks like he has a giant bruise right under his face, right under his eye, and it's just dirt? You question this. I grilled the kid for 20 minutes about, I'm going to find out. Why don't you just tell me? You know I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna talk to the school. Who did this? What happened? What kind of scuffle ruffle did you get into? Okay. And the whole time, the turd knew it was dirt.
1: He doesn't like to shower, he's 13. He's in a
2: pool every day. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The
0: standard deviation, I mean, I talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard
2: deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in.
1: Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event.
2: This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by A.M. Best to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from LifeHealth Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof
0: Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello, everyone. So, no controversy today.
1: Not really. No. Not yet. I don't think so. Other than people want to cancel Dumbo.
0: Yeah, I haven't looked into that.
1: Oh, I thought uh, you did. You brought no, it up. No, I
0: said I gave you the headline, I didn't read it. Oh. It just said. Yeah, people urging to cancel Dumbo because Dumbo's racist. I don't know why. I, I don't know. I don't remember. But
1: I mean, it's been a while since I've watched it, but I don't remember racism.
0: I have no idea.
1: So, yes. Aside so, from that, no drama.
0: Right. So today, let's talk about what?
1: Inflation.
0: So, uh, yeah, I, I you know, I, I try to talk to people about this right now. In the meetings that I'm having with our clients, or my clients, mm-hmm. um, we're talking a lot about inflation. Right. And it's not there yet. There's just some warning signs. Mm-hmm. Um, I found this video, this interview with Neil Kovoto Did I say that right? Voto cavuto. I, I think it's cavuto, no like voodoo, voodoo. I don't know. I just got so excited with that, but yeah, I think it is voodoo. Okay, you should know you're Italian, kind of. I
1: don't watch the news. I don't know the guy's name.
0: Plus, not according to your twenty three and Me, you're not Italian. But we're gonna press play. Let's jump we in are. about halfway through the interview.
2: You know, in a bigger sense, guys, and John, maybe you can help me out with this. I think there's this battle, a tug of war, if you will, between those who love the good news that the economy is picking up steam, love to hear that Target and Kohl's sales and earnings beat uh, estimates just like Lowe's and Home Depot's did, love to hear, you know, companies like United say they're going to be ordering, you know, dozens of new 737 Maxes to keep up with the demand from a pickup in air travel that they see as inevitable. So they love all of that. But the flip side is they don't like the corresponding pickup in inflation that comes with that. How is this battle going to you know, sort of play out? I think the battle's uh, looking to play out similar like it did maybe in Japan years ago when he had so much money printing, he had so much debt, and inflation was able to be kept down. Although inflation, to me, is the biggest concern that is out there, and I think that affects a lot of people on Wall Street right now in their outlook. You look at steel prices have doubled. I only...
0: All right, so let's pause there. So here's what hits me on this right now, Mm -hmm. and and it's very simple. So we had somebody come up to us kind of out of the blue, um, late, late, like basically I was going to say late, late fall, but it was really early winter. It was end of November, early December last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was a little earlier than that.
0: But they... They own some land by, by us, and so they were interested in buying our house. Right. And so our first step was to start looking at houses, kind of dipping our toe in. But inevitably, you get on Zillow, and you get on all these other sites. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, your email, at least my email box, gets flooded with all these mortgage offers. Mine's not. So it was about two and a half months ago that I started seeing more of them. Right. Do you remember the lowest rate that I did, like we were talking about, a 30 year rate?
1: I feel like it was one point something. Close. Or two point, like one. Yeah, very two point
0: two five percent. Right. On a 30 year mortgage. Right. Now that is a Abysmal. That is as low as low can be. Right. Looking at it today, though, I see those rates are up to about 3.1.
1: Right. So five months later, four months later?
0: No, because this was like about two, two and a half months ago when I saw the 2.25. Oh. Now 3.1 is historically unbelievably low. Right. That's basement level. That is in the cellar. That's Six feet under, that is low, low, low. Correct. When you put it in perspective. But here's the deal. What's concerning, I think there's some warning signs going on right now. To go from 2.25 to 3.1 in a couple months.
1: Right. That's a jump. That's a big jump.
0: And around this same time now, some people will politicize this. I don't know what the political reason is or what the actual reason. It's probably a combination of a lot of things. I know I, I, I was told by somebody who that OPEC has cut back production. You know, some of these pipelines have cut back. You've got everything that's happened in Texas. But look at the price of fuel in the last few months.
1: Yeah, well that's gone up a lot.
0: It's gone from about what? About 230, 240 to about 280, 290.
1: Right, and three months before that, it was less than two.
0: But even just ignoring that part, we're not even in peak consumption right now. True. And we know, so not only are we not in our peak consumption months, but you've got the world as a whole not consuming gasoline like it normally would. Right. So I think these are warning signs because as an example, if mortgages were to go from, they went from 2.25 to Mm 3.1. If they were to make that same jump in the next few months, say they went from 3.1 to four, again, four is cheap. right? That's like easy money, if you will. Mm -hmm. But it starts to go down a path. And the key to this, oddly enough, it's scary. You know what the key to all of this is whether what happens from here? No idea. Millennials. It's the last thing you want to hear.
1: Why millennials?
0: That's a good question. We will tell you. It's a good time for a break. But I'll tell, when we come back, I'm going to tell you why millennials are the key to this and why we need to take these warning signs why we gotta pay attention to it? Why we gotta take them seriously? Doesn't mean it's gonna go the wrong direction. We just gotta watch it right now. Let's take a quick break, then we'll come back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality.
1: And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time.
0: Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubile Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born.
1: Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com. Welcome, everyone, to Segment 2 of Fireproof Your Finances. Before we get into it, not that we've tweeted lately, that's on you.
0: That's not just on me. You are just as much t- at fault.
1: Okay, fine. But I've been busy at work. But, anyways.
0: Oh, wait, join wait, wait, us. T- wait uh,
1: Throw the flag
0: on the play. Who hasn't been? I mean, everyone listening higher has been.
1: Work, higher traffic of people plus build out plus I don't even know what equals no time.
0: You know what I heard?
1: anyways join us on twitter at fireproof show on twitter
0: i hope that they don't cancel charlie brown because then it'll be like culturally insensitive for us to go
1: that is a very valid point See? Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But anyways.
0: All right. So I promised you that I was going to tell you that millennials are the key to this and they are and it's just terrifying. terrifying. Here's why. Now, we are at the earliest of birth years for the millennial population. Yes. Did you? I think you are. Well, know. you are. Whatever. You're, you know what? You're not that much younger. You are reaching up there in age
1: still that much younger than you
0: whatever here's the deal what is the um which popular which generation at this point in the U.S. has the most living members boomers no
1: not anymore no used to be boomers
0: yeah used to be
1: millennials yes
0: I, like, I thought I walked you in that to that answer. Like, here's the door. I opened the door. You walked into the wall.
1: Millennials. Okay. Of course it's
0: millennials. It's the biggest living generation. Now, I got into real estate when I was 14, so I'm the anomaly here. I'm the abnormality. I remember paying 11% on my first house. Woof. My first mortgage was 7%, and I thought that was cheap. A lot of people listening, remember 8, 9, I've ta- been talking to people, people have been sharing with me 14 and 15% was their Ugh. first mortgage rates. But your face right there is my point. Ugh. Look at the millennial generation.
1: They're going to have ta- a cow. It's the,
0: it is the largest living generation. There's more millennials than any other population, not population, generation, in our population. Right. Right. They've never seen a 5% mortgage. They've never seen a 5% 30-year mortgage. Not as a mass. Again, right, right I had 7%. I, I get it. There's some of us. But as a mass, as a homogenous group, we haven't seen 5%. What happens to home prices? I mean, what's going on right now? You got all these millennials finally moving out of mom and dad's basement
1: I mean, you can't find a house around here right now. Or but, if you find one, it's gone.
0: We got the millennials moving out of the basement. They're moving out of the garage. They're finally going on their own. They're they're reaching their, uh, p- some people might call this insensitive. They're, they're reaching their peak, right? Baby making right. years right now. Yes, they are. Which is peak spending years. Peak flopping houses years, right? Right. What happens if they see a 5% mortgage?
1: They're probably going to cry. And move back into mom and dad's house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're going to start pumping the brakes. Now, I can't tell you I know what will happen. We can theorize.
1: Well, right. Nobody knows what's going to happen.
0: And, you know. Does that mean that the $300,000 house with a 3% mortgage becomes a $250,000 house with a 6% mortgage? I don't know. Maybe. You could say, well, maybe they'll put more money down. Yes, that's the rational answer. And you're giving a rational answer to millennials. And I hope you see the problem. Right. <laughs> that's not going to happen. No. So what does that do, do to home prices, though? You, you have to you know, imagine that leads to a stagnant... Increasing interest rates could lead to a stagnation of asset price. A- and here's the thing. That's one of the biggest assets for a lot of people. Right. And we know that asset has become a subsidi- you know subsidizing tool for a lot of people. They bring on short-term debts, chunk, 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 chunk house appreciates we refinance get rid of that and we you know repeat. move on to the next day. yeah we rinse and repeat yeah if that stops and goes away think oh nine we could have issues
1: a lot of issues right now because a lot of houses are selling real high
0: oh it's like you paint the door red and you just added 30 grand of value
1: yeah i mean the person that just started for me they moved into their neighborhood well it was supposed to be a year ago got obviously shot shoved back because they were a week from closing and then Mm -hmm. (sighs) COVID. Um, But when they built, building was, took four to six months from start to finish. And the lots and everything and the floor plans, because the builder only has a handful of floor plans, were $50,000 cheaper.
0: At the time. At the time. Yeah. Two years ago.
1: Than what they are now. Mm Mm-hmm. Well,
0: let's use our house. Now, we bought a foreclosure. It's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of the yeah. blood part. Um, yeah. And we put a good chunk into it. But the fact that in seven years, it's doubled in value is
1: ridiculous.
0: Is scary. So we've got these prices that are just going chunk, 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 chunk way up like a roller coaster. I'm not saying it's going to go... Whoo, but I'm saying there's a risk of that. And the risk of that going back to inflation gets caused by increasing interest rates. right. So why would we get increasing interest rates? Well, if we start to get inflation, what's one of the tools that the Federal Reserve uses to halt interest rates? or I'm sorry, halt inflation to slow it down. Bonds? They increase the interest rates on bonds. Right. And as I got that one right? You get half credit. <laughs> you know, that's like... I, when I was in, I think it was sixth grade, we had some uh, like Jeopardy game. And the question was about hunting. It was a, hunting a certain type of bird. And I clicked the buzzer. The teacher called me, and he goes, what kind of... Um, Uh, hunting isn't, I go, it's peasant hunting. And he goes, yeah, you get it. Eight eight points or whatever, and our team won. And then all of a sudden, the other teams are like, "Uh,
1: he said peasant, (laughs) not pheasant. Like the peons back in the (laughs) English old world.
0: So I got just close enough to get credit. You got just close enough to get credit there. Well,
1: when,
0: when COVID happened, the economy slowed down. So what does the Fed do? They lowered rates. They killed rates. That's historically what they do. And, and then they as, pumped a lot of money into and the then, economy. And then as the things start going and starts picking up steam, what do they do? They increase rates to slow that down. Right. So why is that important? Because if we, if we start to get inflationary pressures, the Fed is likely to do what to interest rates. They're likely to increase them. Mm-hmm. Which then you have to go back to the millennial generation is the largest living generation that we have right now. Yep. They're arguably the dumbest. And I can say that because that's self-deprecating.
1: I mean, <laughs> I don't know that I go that far, but maybe.
0: Which generation would you call Dumber. I don't know. That's a loaded question. I'm not going to throw my
1: neck out there and <laughs> say that millennials are the dumbest. Oh, we're a
0: bunch of idiots. Let's just be real. Uh, wh- wh- you know what? Here's how millennials will get back at me. They're going to go to Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> oh no.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> is that what your typing sounds like?
0: It is when I'm mad because I can type fast with my thumbs. Um, There's another issue though with inflation. As inflation goes up, rates go up and millennials will play. If that happens, it's not housing related. It's another issue. And this one will kill the 401k. Yeah. That's not good. Nope. We'll reveal that when we get back. Let's take our last break and we'll be right back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality.
1: And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time
0: think again grmusiclessons.com has a plan for every budget owned and operated by tom buffum a christian music teacher who played for the grand Rapids symphony the Jubile brass choir and graduated from the university of michigan he's been giving lessons since before we were born
1: go to grmusiclessons.com that's grmusiclessons.com
0: okay and welcome back everyone to the final segment of fireproof your finances it's always our pleasure. Today, we're talking about millennials don't change the dial. It's, well, I guess people don't change the dial now, do they?
1: Don't push the second preset button on your radio.
0: Or don't hit the buttons on your steering wheel to move us off. Or that too. Right.
1: Or look at the the new ones. You probably just have to laser eye it and it moves. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a brand new car. I Blink five times
0: and you get a new channel. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, anyway, let's. We need to go ahead and trademark that, patent that. A blinking, like the number of times you blink with your right eye, boom.
1: It presets to a different yeah. radio station.
0: Although preset one would come on a lot. Why? Because you blink once.
1: True. <laughs> so that's not going to work. That's your million dollar well, idea that down died the toilet
0: quickly. All right. So here's. So if we start to get inflationary pressures. I'm not saying it's there yet, but I'm telling you, there's people saying this is an issue. There's a lot saying, don't worry about it. And I wouldn't yet, but I'd watch it. Right. Because what have we seen? We've seen fuel, gasoline go from 230 to almost three. Right. If that's cool, that's not a big deal. I mean, it's not good, but it's okay. But if it goes from
1: three to four. Then we got a problem.
0: We got some issues. If mortgages go from two and a quarter to three, that's really low. Mm-hmm. But if they go from three to four...
1: That's a big it could jump. Could be.
0: Yeah. We start to have issues. Just like if fuel goes to four, we're not in, you know, in uh, panic territory. But if it goes to five...
1: Oh, then whoa. I'm panicking.
0: If mortgages go to five, whoa, big issues. Right. So... If we start to see increase in interest rates to slow some of this down, um he, here's the other thing that happens. When was the last time you saw a seven percent CD? Never. Think about that. Now a lot of our people listening right now, they remember it.
1: I never saw it. I remember when I worked at the bank ten years ago, a little over ten years ago, and 10% CDs were maturing, and the people who had those were madder than a wet hen.
0: And those were probably like an eight-year CD to Correct. get Correct, eight like
1: or that. 10 years, some of them 15-year, but the people who came in to roll it over or whatever yeah. couldn't even get one and a half percent. You want to see some angry people.
0: Well, here's what's interesting. So Dave Ramsey tells people to count on, do you remember what rate of return? Investing in the market. Twelve percent. Twelve percent. Hasn't happened on a thirty year period, but whatever. I won't pick on the man. <laughs> Others will really? say I'm moving <laughs> on. New leaf, Vanessa. COVID changed me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Eight>.
0: <laughs> Others say eight percent. So arguably somewhere the millennials, our generation, again, the largest living generation we have right now, when they invest in the market, they're expecting what? Somewhere between eight and twelve. Frank. Fair?
1: Yes, that's a fair assumption.
0: If you can get seven in a CD, we've never had, our generation has never been exposed to a CD making seven. Right. I know people listening, you have, but we haven't. So when that happens, if that happens because rates go high, will there be some millennials that say, why am I putting in stock to get eight to 12? When I could buy an IRA CD or a 401k CD if they have those at fill-in-the-blank bank or credit union, would it not be likely that some millennials with some dollars would stop investing those into the market and say, wow, seven guaranteed's worth it?
1: I would hope so.
0: I would think so. Some. I'm not saying all, but some. Some. And so if... What if it's 20%? That's a lot. That's a huge number. Because what do we have? We've got the largest living generation going into their peak earning... Well, maybe not all of them, peak earning. But really, you know, getting into some of these big consumption years, bigger income years. Mm-hmm. They're getting their feet under them, and they're no longer in mom's basement.
1: Why are you getting all up in my face about this?
0: I don't know. Oh, my, my back hurts, and so I had to move.
1: Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is how you can tell I'm an old millennial. My back hurts.
1: I mean, you're just getting a little intense over there and like, closer, closer, calm down.
0: That's just because you're pretty.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> back to the radio show.
0: <laughs> so, but here's the deal. Would they not pull some, do- uh, you know, reduce their contributions, some of them in some way, and push more to, to uh, CDs?
1: Yes, I would say so.
0: What would that do? That's going to be like a weight, uh, an anchor against the market. That no, right. that we're not predicting, that we're not preparing for right now. Right. So I think we should be on the lookout for inflation. And one of the concerns I have right now is when you turn on the news, when you hear economists or advisors like myself, a lot of people right now are preparing. Um, everyone, for a new bull market. Because we went from a bull market before COVID, it went to a bear and back to a bull.
1: Right. I mean, the bear market was what? A hot second? Like
0: three days. Right. It was more than that. It's the fastest bull to bear back to bull. Right. Ever. I know. So by definition, if that's the fastest it's ever happened, is that an abnormal or normal event? It's an abnormal event. So here's my concern advisors, economists, a lot of people, um, a, a Dave Ramsey is an example. People are preparing, you know, uh, are, are telling us to prepare for a normal bull market, normal expect, maybe I should say normal expectations of a new bull market.
1: Right. And time period. And yeah, like seven,
0: you got seven to nine years of good economic growth. I don't think so. Maybe. Well, I don't know. I'm not okay saying I don't think so. What I'm okay saying is we've got, and we came into this in an abnormal way. Right. Why would we give normal expectations going forward? It reminds me of my mom. That do is you want to go there? I do. <laughs> when when <laughs> My mom had open heart surgery a couple yes. years ago. And things went wrong at departure, whatever you want to call it. What do they call that? Not departure. They get, when they... They cut your wristband and they let you go.
1: Discharge. That's it. (laughs) Wow. By the way, it was only like 18 months ago that she had this.
0: And she had to go back in for surgery. Right. Crack her back open. So two open heart surgeries within 10 days.
1: Uh, It was literally a week apart.
0: Whatever. The surgeon gave us normal expectations for that heart surgery the first time. The second time, there was no more normal expectations. It was, we're going to wait and see. Right. Because when you come into something in an abnormal way, you shouldn't apply normal expectations. Right. So therefore, why are people giving normal expectations for economic growth, for volatility, for ways to invest when we got into this through an abnormality?
1: Because that's what people are comfortable with.
0: You want to make it even more abnormal? What? We put $5 trillion, with a T dollars into the economy last year. Right. That represents 25, if you add non-employment, everything else. it's 25% of the U.S. economy.
1: And we just put another 1.9.
0: We're days away from another two, probably. That's yeah. 10%. Now, by the way, so COVID, you know, this thing COVID last year happened, I end up with a little bit of time at home. <laughs> a <knew>? little? <laughs> So I looked it up back then to put this in perspective, the largest stimulus we had done previously before the $5 trillion, before the $2 trillion, was 10% of the U.S. economy. Right. That was the public works program. And we we put it in over about six to seven years. Now, economists and historians have already agreed we, we took too long to, to shove that money in.
1: Right. But that's still a lot of money.
0: But now we've done 25% and this year 10% and we're putting it in not over seven years, over like seven months. Right. So there's a ton of free money in the markets right now. That's like juice. It's like steroids. Will it lead to inflation? I don't know. Will we have seven years of economic growth? I don't know. But I'll tell you what, you better have a backup plan. Yes. That means not everything should be in equities. Not everything should be at risk. We should have a plan for things not working the way we think they might work because we're not in a normal you know, normal situation. We got into this through an abnormal event.
1: So what you're telling me is I gotta start shoving money under the mattress skin. No. <laughs> Total joke.
0: I'm telling you you need to go shovel the driveway.
1: Um, it's gone. <laughs> and who's the one that shovels it anyway? Not you. I had Bad shoulder
0: back. surgery
1: on that body shell.
0: Ago. <laughs> That's all the time we have for today. It's a, been a pleasure. This has been another episode of
2: Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Marquis. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa?